friends, welcome to a brand new episode of One Shot with me, a brand new auditionee for the One Shot host role. My name is Jay Stroutman, I use they them pronouns, and I've been given the opportunity to assemble an absolutely fabulous cast to play a game of John Harper's Blades in the Dark, one of my favorite chaotic RPGs. Blades is a game about scoundrels in a haunted city's criminal underbelly, performing heists and other such scores to thrive and stay alive. I ended up going a little eldritch with the concept of this, but I promise it doesn't get too spooky or gross or anything like that. I do promise a number of twists and turns and a lot of fun. So all that said, sit back, relax, enjoy. Let's get into it. Heroes? Can I say that? You may. <laughs> Thank you. Hello. Uh, technically. <laughs> technically, hello, heroes. I am Jay. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. Today, I am your interim host for the episode and for the next however many episodes this takes to wrap up our game. Um, I believe I'm the final candidate who is auditioning for the role. Uh, and I'm very excited to be here. I'm very grateful to have made it this far. And super stoked to show you uh, what I've got. A little bit about me. I'm a professional podcaster. Um, I wear many hats. I do editing and sound design, scoring and composition, obviously performance. Um, I'm also an indie game designer with two released zine-sized games. Uh, Not of today, but when the episode comes out, they will be released. And my non-games job is that I'm a touring bass player. And uh, today, I will be running John Harper's Blades in the Dark. Um, so listen, uh, everybody who's listening, you come to the show for a good performance and a good time and it's very fun and it's very entertaining. And I bet you also, a lot of you come to the show to find out about new games. And if you're an indie game aficionado, I'm not introducing you to this game. You know of it already. I guarantee it. But I wanted to pick it for a myriad of reasons, not least of which being that I care more in this audition for you to get to know me rather than the game. But if you don't know the game, it is an action-packed game about scoundrels surviving in the haunted industrial city known as Duskwall uh, by thriving in the criminal underbelly. I'm a huge fan of this game. I think it's really conducive to prep-loving GMs like myself because there's a lot of lore to immerse yourself in. But the playtime is very reactionary, uh, very player-led. So I will be thinking on my feet and you will get to see me do that. Um, Okay, that was a lot of talking off the top from me. So I'm going to hand it over to introductions from the players, um, starting with the person that I think everybody listening knows already, James. Um, You you could have thrown a curveball there. Hello, heroes. (laughs) Hello. Uh, I am James D'Amato. You might know me from this very podcast. I have been hosting it for the past 10 years. Uh, But today I am going to play for you. Uh, You can find my work other places. I also host the Campaign Skyjacks podcast and I write the Ultimate RPG series for Adams Media. And hey, at the time this is coming out, I am going to have a new book, the Ultimate RPG Game Master's Guide, uh, coming out in March. So check that out. I actually, it's very funny. Uh, We have another person 
on the show who uh, designed the the session zero uh, role play. Is it Gabe? I have a question. Is it a role playing system or tool? Do you call that like uh, I call it a tool, but tool. I play it like it's a game because <laughs> it's how I build my worlds and it's fun. Uh, uh, Gabe and and uh, their design partner reached out to me about like checking that out, and I was very very excited uh, to do that. But I was also writing a session zero tool into my book at the same time, and I was like. I will read this when I when I am finished with my work. Uh, I have to do that first. Uh, but I'm very, very excited to check that out. Uh, but yeah, uh, check out my new book. And Jay, I'm very happy to be here uh, with, with you about to run this game for us. Hell yeah. Um, I'm going to throw an icebreaker question your way. Ooh, uh, what do you do to psych yourself up for a big social gathering? Um, You know... I don't do a lot of psych up stuff. And I think it is from years of doing performances, uh, I am a little bit dead to certain social pressures. (laughs) Like, here's the thing. If you invite me to a party where I don't know anybody, I am just going to sit in the corner and talk to absolutely no one and probably have a bad time. But most social gatherings that I am about to attend or that, that I attend these days, like, I know someone or someone knows me and therefore the ice is already broken and I just have to, I, we basically, you get to start mid conversation, which is ideal for my social anxiety. Uh, so it's really just uh, going there and doing it. That's, that's, that's it, which is, I guess that's, a bad answer. <laughs> uh, but also good advice. I would say <laughs> just do it. Yeah. My advice uh, heroes is uh, go to places where people already know you. That's much easier than having to meet new people. (laughs) Um, Gabe, you got partially introduced in James's introduction, but I'd love to hear from you. (laughs) Hello, heroes. (laughs) Um, My name is Gabe Hicks, Gabe James Games across the internet. Um, It's because my middle name is James and Gabe James Games sounds better than Gabe Hicks. I'll let you fill in the rest. I am a game designer, cosplayer, voice actor, and performer and i say all that begrudgingly because i was like i don't know what i am and then i was streaming and my chat yelled at me and said gabe if you don't say these things in the next few things you do we're gonna read you for filth and i believe them um but yeah i worked on the session zero system which is like a world building tool for like your session zeros of like aligning the characters together and also giving the gm something to take away from that session to throw into the world uh, that the party has enthusiastically talked about and yeah i'm just happy to be here like i've spoken like tangentially to james for like years and then we like saw each other in passing at a convention i'm like oh my god i have to be somewhere you're real i'm real uh yeah so I'm, i'm happy to be here i'm looking forward to this very cool um, what do you do to psych yourself up for a big social gathering? I'm so glad you asked. Cause I was like, I want to get the same question as James. <laughs> I, so you, if you ever watch Dragon Ball Z, Goku does that hopping thing from side to side before yeah. he goes into a fight. Mm-hmm. No lie. Like before I go into a building, sometimes I'll do that. And like people will get the wrong intentions. They're like, oh, he's going to kill somebody. But no, I'm like, I'm like getting into this. I'm like, yeah. All right. You know what? You know what? Who do I want to be? Cause Okay, this is a bad habit. Don't do this. I love giving fake names to people, especially <laughs> when people who know me are there. Because I'm like, yeah, my name's Luther. <laughs> and then someone's like, oh my God, have you met Luther? And they're like, you mean Gabe? 
<laughs> oh, that's gaslighting. Never mind. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't I do that. It. I take it back. Gabe, yeah, I, I will admit to being a little disappointed uh, when you mentioned Dragon Ball Z that your psych up routine wasn't sitting in a crouched <laughs> position and screaming real loud. Ooh. Yeah, but like, no, I do that. I do that after. That's how I decompress. <laughs> <laughs> because when when you're outside when you leave a bar or something and like you're outside people's like oh what's Gabe doing <laughs> they leave, they're like okay you know what everything you said to us whatever we're gonna leave it alone beautiful <laughs> I love that um all right and I'll pass it to our final player last but not least um and my partner in crime typically B hi I'm B Marsolier. I am also a professional podcaster. I'm one of the creators of Planet Arcana. I'm one of its GMs. Um, I also do some illustrations, some writing, and uh, I'm just an all-around good-time gal, I would say. <laughs> uh, my pronouns are she, her, and uh, except for when I'm a grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Which is often, we would say, or typical? You can't expect me to own to it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you do to psych yourself up for a big social gathering? Yeah, you know that scene from American Beauty. <laughs> or sorry, not American Beauty, American Psycho. Oh my God. <laughs> I had follow-up questions and I don't want the answers to them. I was, I was. Everyone got real quiet. <laughs> Neither of them are, are comforting to hear. I know, um, but it's you know, it's it's not exactly that, but it's like a skincare routine. Um, and I'm just like, I'm just kind of like angrily talking myself up, you know, I'm like, they don't even know. I have to double check something. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute since I've seen American Psycho. So, uh, oh, okay. 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 Not as bad. Not as mean. bad. Not no, as bad. it's a skincare routine and it's like way, way too over the top. And he names like all these products and, uh, yeah, I've got like an eight step skincare routine. I'm, I'm realizing most movies I know that have the word American in it get weird. Yeah, sure. That's there's no lie. There's hmm. some sort of phenomenon happening there. I think uh, fascinating answers from everybody. For myself, what do I do to psych up myself for a big social gathering? I just remind myself that I am allowed to be there, and I do that over and over because sometimes <laughs> I I tend to talk myself out of that, and that's bad. Um, so I do the opposite, and that's good. Okay, I think we're we're all, we're almost in it. For listeners, I did ask all the players to come slightly prepared with a character concept sheet mostly filled out if you can, and I think everybody's done that as far as I yeah, okay, I'm getting nods. Fantastic. So, in Blades, the character creation is not super um there's not a lot of questions going back and forth between the players, so I didn't think it was totally necessary to do that together. But the second part of character creation is us creating a crew together. So I would like to do that with everybody at the table. And let's talk about what kind of uh, what kind of crew we want to be, because that will inform what the adventure is going to be. But before we do that, I'm going to give you a little loose adventure description. So mature Leviathan Hunter and city council member Lord Strangford a sailor type who grapples with the titanic demons of the Void Sea to obtain their blood for use in fueling the city's electricity, recently went out on an expedition and unfortunately, as is common fate for the Leviathan Hunters, the journey was a catastrophic failure and he was lost at sea. Until he came back, found alive, drifting by another group of hunters who brought him home. His wife, Lady Clave, also a seasoned and nearing retirement Leviathan hunter, is throwing a party in his honor to celebrate his safe return. How nice. And I mean, sure, folks are saying that he's not quite right since his return and probably not ready for a big social gathering as big as a Strangford Clave ball, but 
the plans for celebration are already set. Coincidentally, and shortly before the party sent out the exclusive invitations, the city council called for a vote to replace Strangford in order to ease his stress and help him recover. So that is the scenario we will be going into. And we can take a step back now. Why don't we go through everyone's characters and give me a little pitch on what you're thinking of doing as far as like archetypes, maybe your name and your look. Um, and we'll keep the rest of it sort of to yourself. And then that will all come out in play. And then once we do that, we can start the crew creation. Okay. Uh, just just to clarify, you don't want our classes or, or playbooks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me your, tell me as much as you want to. Like you just, you don't have to get into the nitty gritty of like, this is the ability that I chose. Just mm -hmm. kind of, I want to know like what, what the deal is with your character. Um, so why don't we start same in, uh, same order as introductions. So James, what character are you going to play today? I am going to be playing Belle. Uh, they, them pronouns, uh, their alias is Silk, and they are a waifish and fair slide with a frailness about them that makeup can hide. Uh, they get along with people really well. I think they kind of grew up in a servant in a richer household uh, where they had a child uh, who was born with... I think a not uncommon birth, uh, quote unquote, birth defects. Uh, but it was the sort of thing where at social gatherings, they did not want to show off this child. So they just had the servant child uh, step in in those situations. So I learned a lot of social stuff because people are bad and judgmental. Um, and eventually, you know, that family kind of fell through that work dried up. And so I turned to a criminal lifestyle and I've been loving it ever since. Beautiful. I love that. Um, it is instantly tragic and I am obsessed. Do you want to give us, James, just like a little bit about why you chose the class that you did, the character, the playbook? Yeah. Um, well, I went into this with a little bit of foreknowledge and I knew that this was going to be a heavily social thing. Um, also, most Blades games that I have played have broken back. And I, I've been usually uh, the, the was it the MC in this Uh I can't remember what Blades calls its GM. I think it's GM, uh, I've mostly yeah. been a GM, but usually things come to blows. And so I wanted to play a character who could not engage with that at all. Uh, I give myself the challenge of like, I am not going to be able to get in any fights. So I have to be able to lie and maneuver my way around everything. That's great. Well, we'll see if things come to blows or not. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, okay, let's flip it over to Gabe. Gabe, who are you playing today? Uh, I'm playing Jonah, who also uses they, them pronouns. And Jonah goes by Poltergeist. Jonah leans into, like, the lurk. Uh, they have, like, these gray ashen robes with a bit of dust and wear and tear in them. They're relatively tight-knit and close-fitting. They almost resemble that of, like, a traveling clergyman, uh, which plays into a bit of, like, their focus around faith and there's this notion of Jonah I wanted that was kind of like if Robin Hood was a bit more cruel and a bit more focused in like people not being left behind and forgotten because even the rich have children who are well off that A, haven't sinned yet or B, have a chance to be better than the ones who are after them. The, the idea of poltergeist is they are the ghost that makes people 
realize the mistakes they've made Whoa. or they will be oh. haunted to the end of their Ooh. days. Oh and if God. you if you look like a member of the faith, people will talk to you. They will listen. Uh, so Jonah looks more like a missionary than anything else. It's like, ah, you've traveled. I've traveled far and wide and I've heard of your sins <laughs> and I don't have to do anything. I will lurk in the corner and you will see your sins reflected in me. Like that's that's what I wanted. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, truly. That is beautiful. And I'm very frightened of them. Yeah, me too. You might have covered it sort of in your pitch, but do you want to talk about why you selected the playbook? Uh, yeah, I selected I selected Lurk because uh, there's an ability in Lurk that is specifically talking about, uh, let me find it, let me find it because it's spooky as hell, uh, Ghost Veil. Mm-hmm. Become a shadowy and insubstantial for a few moments. You're like almost invisible. That feels like a poltergeist. That feels haunting. That person in the corner of the room who said something to you, they said, I will watch your sins and then they're gone (laughs) and then they come after you got the chance to walk around you think you're alone i'm still watching like that that is a haunting moment in itself oh my god it gives me um like the ghosts of christmas past and yep yeah yeah. i might have watched a christmas carol (laughs) performance at my local ren fair (laughs) recently but that's not affecting any of this (laughs) i think this is set to air around christmas time too so this is a perfect festive (laughs) amazing all right and we'll flip it to our last player b b who you playing today all right so i have picked the leech playbook name gus twigsy alias grandpa gus affable old man tiny hat neat mustache and wrinkled as a crumpled piece of paper He's uh he's from a criminal background, but very minor criminals, you know, like the expendable type. The thing that sort of sets this family apart is that they have uh, all developed a very unique way of pickpocketing. Um, Grandpa Gus's involves like putting people into a stupor with long stories. Respect <laughs> 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 that. Yeah. Um, oh. Other things to know about Grandpa Gus: he loves himself some food. And uh, his tastes are quite wide. We, you know, Werther's, molasses, licorice, all sorts. He'll take it all. Um, and that's really what motivates him, too, is just an absolute love for good cuisine. A man of simple tastes and uh, also loves his granddaughter a lot. God, it's really nice. Also, like, aspirational a little bit. I would say the entire thing. Um, what playbook have you selected and why? I picked the leech because I kind of like the idea of an old man who's just carrying around a bunch of ointments <laughs> and some of them do good things and some of them do bad things. And, uh, you know, he's always cooking up a new ointment. And what does the leech have to do with ointments remind me? Oh, like potions, right? Okay, so the the ability I've picked is venomous. Um, so I've actually like managed <laughs> to condition myself to a drug and then I can excrete it through my breath. And I've always got this bandolier on me with various uh i call them ointments they're they're many alchemicals in reality (laughs) it really uh hearing an old man say oh get my alchemicals it's acting up again like that is like so perfect my psoriasis yeah (laughs) i don't trust him (laughs) you shouldn't that that old man has lived loved enough to call to still call them like ointments and their chemicals you he know too much Hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. Well, we have a, scr- a pretty scrappy group of uh, scoundrels, gang. We need to select what time, what type of crew we are. 
The possibilities are assassins, pretty straightforward. Um, bravos, which are or bravos. Um, I don't know why I corrected myself. Bravos, um, which are more like thugs, that kind of thing. I would say like they do typical mercenary stuff for hire, but lo- louder than the rest of the crews. Um, a cult, also pretty self-explanatory. They get into the weird stuff. Hawkers deal their vices or substances or whatever um or intercept people who do the same try to take over territory etc shadows is a bit more infiltration spy stuff and uh smugglers finally is again self-explanatory you're probably carton stuff from place to place so what do we think between these three characters you're all i was gonna say most suited to but if if it's least suited to, and that sounds like fun, I'm down for that too. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out the cross section uh, of us. I, <laughs> me too. Huh. I feel like there's some potential in like shadows or hawkers, like especially if we're yeah. talking like information dealing um, and whatnot. Like, there's probably a lot of like reputational brokering in the city of Duskfall. So, like, I could see some potential there. Would it? And also, like, cult calls to me, too. Like, I don't know. I Well, okay, here's the thing. Is Grandpa religious? Mm. Would you like Grandpa to be religious? Is that helpful? If Grandpa's religious, cult is easy. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa's willing to be devoted to whatever. I kind of left that part of it a little bit, like, could fit into a lot of things. I think we, Shadow We could be like cult. a cult of coin. Yeah. Because the cult doesn't have to be around a god, I guess, technically. It could be a cult focused around, like, an object. Oh, that's Ooh. interesting. That is fascinating. Uh, Gabe, and this is maybe an unfair thing to ask, go on. Yes. What do you mean <laughs> by an object? If, if there was like a cult of coin, for example, there's the difference between a thieves guild, which is focused around a purpose. It has a kind of a selfish nature versus the cult is so focused on the concept of faith that like it's not just they need coin. They praise coin. It's not that they take the coin and then steal from each other. They put it in a place because that is where it is the most powerful and all of them can enjoy it. So if if there was like an object or objects or even like a cult of loss could be a cult focused around bringing other people grief and they bring it back home to show off how they have like encouraged loss in other people so if there was like a cult around a concept then like even if it was like a cult of like uh, a cult of the forgotten or a cult of the lost or a cult of the broken okay and our focus is like not eat the rich but like okay we're the cult of the forgotten all these people have lost something and there's a party let's compete to see how we can make them the most miserable as our tribute Ooh. i want to follow you down this tunnel i like the idea <laughs> of a cult that kind of believes that people who are too wealthy mm-hmm. cannot see like the harm that they put into the world. Uh, the yes. only way you're able to see like how bad you have been is by being separated from your wealth. Cause like, that's, that's the only way to like appreciate like, Oh yeah, that was kind of messed up that uh, I behaved that way and did all that. So we believe we can make people more virtuous by separating them from their wealth and goods. Like the cult of golden eyes. Oh, <laughs> that also means that we cannot hang on to any wealth that we acquire, too, which is nope. interesting. We can't we can't say like we can we can pull it together. We can put it in a place that is useful for all of us. But our individual wealth is not important. That's like, okay, we need to eat. We use what we need to eat. It's it's like the people who always bring 
home their change for everyone else to use. Yeah. I I am drawn to this. This I find pretty compelling. Uh, this allows us to move in a lot of different directions, I think, in this social environment. Agreed. And I think reputationally, it's interesting, too, especially since poltergeist will be known to like show up at these places and judge people and then all of a sudden they're mm -hmm. they lose so much and it's like it's almost like is it are they real are they ghosts it's it's, are it's, they it's kind of probably horrifying they probably have like one of those collection buckets and like Ooh. the people who put money in the collection bucket live <laughs> oh. <laughs> those ones are like you should leave now whoa oh whoa. whoa yeah so this is a little bit a christmas carol and I think the funny <laughs> thing of this, this is the second holiday themed Blades in the Dark game that has been <laughs> on this show. And Hell I love yeah. that for us. Oh, it's just it's naturally suited to Christmas time. What can you say? Mm -hmm. OK, I mean, it, it sounds like we have a decision on crew type, at least. Sorry, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I am thrilled by this. Um, OK, so we're going cults. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Cult of, cult, of, cult of the Golden Eye. Do we want to say Golden Eye? Because I, I like the idea. Oh. <laughs> I like the idea of like calling it the cult of like a uh, cult of like some coin or or metal eye because that does make me think of the imagery of like putting pennies over the eyes of the dead. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. There's there's something there. We could even do like copper if that's because copper. like, copper is more copper of like too. the common person's yeah common person's coin and metal. Yeah. Cult of the, the copper co eye. Ooh ooh yeah. That is horrifying. Like when someone dies, you put a copper eye over their eye to be like this. This is this is as much wealth as you need going into the next life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what is this doing to me? I'm scared. Hey, audience out there, if you can feel yourself getting radicalized, let it happen. Just <laughs> yeah. sit back and let it happen. Hey, just let it happen. There's going to be lots of room for that in this adventure, I think. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. Amazing. So we have cults of the copper eye. Is it cult of the copper eye? Just so I'm clear. Yeah. 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 So yeah. we're just we're just saying we're a cult. Yeah, sure. Why yeah. not? Let's be real. It's it's scarier that way. I feel like you, you and I feel like you know it's a cult retroactively. <laughs> Great. Well, I mean <laughs> it's like oh. if we put it if we put it on <laughs> yeah. the tin, then you don't know it's a cult retroactively. It's it's what we're advertising with. We go, oh yeah. That's true. They other people call it a cult, but they're really toxic and you shouldn't have them in your life and you should listen only to us. Mm. So what if we're like society of the copper eye? Oh, yes. Society of well, the copper. But we're a cult. Chil uh, children always sounds culty without <laughs> calling it a children, cult. Children of the copper eye does sound pretty sick. That's children good. of the copper eye. It does raise some questions for me, like how long has grandpa been in this cult <laughs> since he was a child? I don't, <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Children of the Copper Eye, it's haunting. Um, next step is to choose an initial reputation. So some of the suggested words here, we're basically choosing a descriptor word for this, and I feel like this might be easy to select. Um, some of the given words are ambitious, brutal, daring, honorable, professional, savvy, subtle, or strange. Hmm. Don't make me pick. <laughs> honorable or strange or both? Honorable or strange, like, is is where I'm at, too. And I think it depends like it. on who is looking at us, right? Yeah. Mm. I, maybe I'd say honorable because we're the ones probably looking. This is probably how we see ourselves. Well, actually, Jay, would you say this is how we see ourselves or how society sees us? Hmm. 
typically the the lore in blades is like no cult is so overt to like mm-hmm. is like even to call themselves the cult of something so i think the people who are ascribing this reputation to you are the people that have been affected by you and what i'm saying is that like it kind of depends on whether you want to be like a household name or do you want to be known to the other cults in the city mm. or do you want to be uh like a you know a spooky story that gets told to children to stay i kind of feel like we're almost like a proletarian myth you know it's yeah. like mm-hmm. you know you, oh, you can you can bust up our uh our strike but you know the cult, the the children of the copper eye are going to come for you if you do like it's yeah. it's almost like a ghost story so like you've got yeah. anyone who is like in the working classes are probably like oh yeah those are stand up folks and like people who yeah. are in the upper classes are probably like there's something not right about I don't first of all I don't believe that organization exists but if it does there's something not right about it yeah so the, I think I think maybe honorable because the ones the ones who would think that we're strange either don't think we exist or look they're not gonna weird isn't gonna be the word they use when we're done mm, yeah <laughs> I also like that the people who don't believe that you would exist to me sound like the proletariat um so it I feel like the reason you wouldn't believe in this cult's existence is hubris. Like you don't think yeah. that they would come for you, which is really it's poetic and it's beautiful. I love it. I, they they're gonna come for me. I gave the charity once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> oh, fabulous. All right. Um, next up we have to look at the map and decide on a district to place our mm. cult. Or the cult's layer, rather. What kind of area of the city do we want to have the layer in? Mm. Somewhere affluent, somewhere where the the working class is. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to think of where it makes sense. Do we want to be around our worshippers, or do we want to be around like the people that we are punishing? I I almost say around the people that we're punishing. I almost say the people we're punishing because if it's a hideout, people probably don't recognize it for what it is. There's like something interesting to me about like having a fancy shop where people can get prayers or whatever the hell or exchange information in one of the ritzier districts because then also they're going to be talking and then we'll be able to hear them talk and when they slip up we know yeah some good pickpocketing in the wealthier districts too exactly yeah Yeah. very true my favorite restaurants in six towers just saying Six Towers is a formerly rich district, now worn oh. down and dilapidated. Forget that. Well, I mean, probably when Grandpa was young, it it was, it was a rich fancy. district. Yeah, it's okay, Grandpa. We'll get you back there one day. <laughs> so I guess I guess what we're saying is probably Brightstone, then, right? Yeah, Lux- luxury shops of the elite. Yeah. That seems right. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the most affu- affluent area of the city. I was gonna say, especially even if like if what we do is we make some sort of useless trinket. That will bring them good luck. And we just start rumors about how it brings them good luck. And there's a new one. There's like a different one each season. Yeah. What's our trinket this season? (laughs) So there is uh, in It's a Wonderful Life um, when they go to Mr. Potter's office. Very conspicuously, if you've watched the film more than once, which is too many times, you will notice that Mr. Potter on his desk just has a skull, a metallic skull. And I was like, why does this man in this Christmas movie, even though he's the villain, just have a skull on his desk? That's weird. And I looked it up and it's actually a timepiece. It's it's like a a watch. And I want it desperately and can find it nowhere. Um, But I really do like the idea of it like 
of us having like this fancy skull watch that we're I'm I'm gonna look this up yeah. and, and uh send it over to y'all because it's crazy. Whoa. <laughs> oh, and it just pops open. Yeah, check that out. It's wild. Oh, oh my god. It's just there. It's just there and the movie asks <laughs> us not to question it like it's a normal thing to exist. <laughs> Oh, it's so frightening. Yeah. Yep. Also, is that a chain that it's attached to? Yeah, it's like yep. a big chain. <laughs> what, what the movie doesn't tell us is that Mr. Potter goes out freestyling at night. <laughs> yeah. He looks so fresh. <laughs> yeah, we're in Brightstone. We sell trinkets, and this year's trinket is a skull <laughs> clock. Metallic skull. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a, that fits really well into like sort of the Victorian theming because they liked some spooky stuff. That's true. You know, I could see rich people getting into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like the the memento mori, like absolutely, uh, kind of a big thing during the time period. Or so mm-hmm. that's really sick. Um, and it's also got something very closely knit to our themes as a cult, too. Yeah. It's like all you need is Absolutely. two copper pieces when you die. <laughs> you put them on the skull. Ooh. 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 Scary. That's amazing. Hey, it's me, your interim Game Master Jay, briefly interrupting the show to talk about what's going on here at OneShot. Did you know that OneShot has surveys for listeners to fill out about the host auditions, like the thing you're listening to right now? They're up right now, and you can find them on Patreon if you're a patron, or at OneShotPodcast.com for the public feed listeners. Please fill out the surveys and let us know who your favorite auditionee is. Frankly, the auditionee lineup is absolutely stacked, so all feedback is extremely helpful. Also, I'm the last auditionee to well auditioned. So if you haven't filled out a survey, now is the time. And now a word from our sponsors. Let's get back to the show. Okay, so we're placing our layer in Brightstone. Another piece of crew creation is to establish hunting grounds, but this is mostly to establish who you're paying coin to, um, what factions uh, to exist there. It sounds like Brightstone is the thing. And also because it's such such a short adventure, we're not going to get into how long you're staying and how long you have to pay coin to um, a faction. Although it might not be a bad idea to establish a faction that you uh, maybe resent or maybe you're okay with paying the tithes there. Um, I'd be interested in hearing like what relationship you would want with the reigning faction of Brightstone, which by the way would definitely be the Bluecoats, which is like the cops yeah i feel like we hate blue coats yeah we definitely hate blue coats um down with blue coats i have a crazy idea that i would i would i'll pitch it and we'll just see (laughs) christmas revelers Mm -hmm. this was normally like kind of a proletarian thing where, where you go wassailing where you would show up basically at your boss's house and beg for food and extra money um Mm -hmm. and it was an implicit threat it's like hey if you don't give us some figgy pudding we're going to wreck your shit um but (laughs) there is also like in these christmas revels like uh uh, the there's a germanic tradition uh that i'm sure is, is very very popular of like the demon that uh comes around to collect children uh where people would dress up as as this demon it's austrian uh and like just cause problems and so the idea 
that you're in a wealthy area, but like kind of the young wealthy elite have a roving gang where they sort of dress up like monsters and like shake people down, rich or poor. <laughs> and like the blue coats kind of just avoid them because just arresting one of these people would be a big problem. I think is like cool to have not only the blue coats who enforce the law, but the feral rich who are above the law to deal with. The feral yeah. rich. The yeah. feral rich. I did think the direction you were going was that the blue coats dress up. I mean, I, it could could be that the blue coats are dressing up too. I am not oh, against there's, that. There's definitely a blue coat or two in these crowds of feral rich people. Come on. Absolutely. And the <laughs> yeah. blue coats are rich, certainly. So yeah. it stands to reason. <laughs> okay. Well, that makes sense to me. I don't think we have to think too hard about what you guys think of the cops. Um, what is the lair? Is it in a building? Is it in a basement? Is it in a church? Mm. Has it become a church? I guess who's like the face? Because if it's like, depending on who it is, it might inform the type of shop or, you know, where, where do we sell our stuff? I could see us having what is essentially kind of like a, a jewelry shop, like almost like, yeah. like a, a curio shop. Um, oh, yeah. And Honestly, based on the description of kind of everybody's character, I could see each one of those people working in a shop like that. Like me and Gramps like are definitely fronting this shop. People come in yeah. and we talk them into sales or whatever. Uh, uh, and it having like kind of a spooky clergyman in the back room also feels like it fits a little bit. Your sins will be acknowledged. <laughs> Don't mind them. Don't mind them. <laughs> But I do think there is there is a sort of thing where either you go into the basement or a back room or something and there is a space that we have set up uh, that is just off. That is like very culty feeling somehow. What if you enter through the one side of a confessional booth and it's actually just a doorway? Oh, yes. Oh, Ooh. God. So like that's that's like an alternate entrance to our spooky area or the entrance to the actual shop. I'd, I'd say that's the alternate entrance to the spooky area. I like love if, that. If, if there's, especially if it like goes down into the basement or something like that, like it's because like a secret doorway, because you only ever get in one side of the confessional booth when you're sitting there listening, when you're sitting there speaking to them. If the other side actually the back opens up and it goes further into the area that is the proper hideout, it's like that extra layer of security, but also like, oh. Well, and just think how many wealthy secrets we hear by spying in on the confessional booth. Mm. Yeah, okay, okay. This confessional booth thing, is it attached to our shop? Is it like a feature of our shop or? I'd, I'd say it's like somewhere somewhere particular in the shop. Like if, if there is like a basement area that's like the storage area, something like that, and there is a confessional booth towards the end or something okay okay folks here's a pitch we're in a wealthy yeah. area what mm -hmm. if there's the shop proper where you go in mm -hmm. and this is if you are a wealthy citizen you're like buying something nice for for your spouse or whatnot but there's also a secret back shop where you buy things for your mistress um yes. uh, so like People go in there and like that's that's maybe a little bit of leverage that we pedal around a little bit is like we're keeping tabs on, you know, who is keeping yep. secret, whatever. <laughs> Honestly, I think I think that's the section that Poltergeist works in because like, look, I don't really see their face. They don't really talk to me like it's like, and what would you like? Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
Is that all? Because Paul, because like Jonah's not going to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jonah's not going to Jonah's not going to speak to them more than they need to. They're like, yeah, that creepy person in the back, weird. Great service, weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what makes people need to talk more than filling silence? Yeah, you know. So I feel like you just provide the void, and then they just try to fill it with their secrets. That's great. <laughs> We're spooky. Um. Okay, I think we have. Oh, does the curio shop have a name? I feel like a lot of like fancier curio shops are like noun on fifth. You oh, know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's nice. Desires. Desires sure. on yeah. fifth. Desires yep. on fifth. I absolutely love it. And and in the back room where it's like the for your mistress, there's another sign, but it says like sinfuls carved into it. Sinful desires. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> so oh. good. God. Yeah, even if we're sneaky, marketing brand is important. Sure. Yeah. I love that like that back room is essentially just a sin collection mechanism. <laughs> yes. So if you guys are satisfied, I'm pretty satisfied with that level of layer creation. Oh yeah. Satisfied. It is also really funny to call something like, like that a layer and so accurate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do yeah. kind of want like in the basement. I'll I'll, I'll mm-hmm. say this in the basement. I think we have like kind of a shrine to all of the people that we have brought low. And I sincerely mm-hmm. believe it is like a single candle in the middle of a pitch black room with like these little copper coins just like pinned up around the walls. So like you walk in and it's almost like a, a stars in the sky just lit by a single candle. James, I want to <laughs> give you a counter pitch. Ooh, please. What if we have a small forge that whenever we take their wealth, we melt it down into something and then like attach that either to the wall or whatever like that. That's maybe that's part of the initiation in some way. Oh, oh yeah. Because folks, we're not just punishing people. We're creating <laughs> converts. Reforming. As yeah. soon as your life is destroyed and there's nothing left, it's between mm-hmm. It's between the copper eye and the void. So yeah. you might as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> might as well sign up. This is all morally above board to me yep. so yeah. far. Just yeah, to- I'm a wholesome person, I swear. <laughs> all of this seems perfectly wholesome to me. <laughs> this oh, is, no. I mean, like, I, I think literally my character is in this group because they used to serve in this rich home that got hit mm. by the copper eye. Oh, oh yeah. you're a convert. Oh my God. Yeah. Delicious. Oh, baby. Okay, that's awesome. Um, Normally in crew creation, we would skip over to special ability, but um, the cult actually has uh, a special request of its own in that we are to describe the deity. So I know we've talked about not having a literal deity, but we are to give um, whatever whatever the thing that we worship is several features. So maybe let's start with like, what is in in essence, what is the thing that we, this cult worships? To even like give it a persona, could we each have like a way that it appears to us? Like, like how do you see the copper eye? Mm. Like if, if there was a form, is it possible that we all see it differently? I love that. I could be compelled by that, yeah. Like like the copper eye, maybe they come, like we, there. If you are righteous and smart, you will see a vision in your dreams. And the only way that you'll know it, like almost like, like a shape changer, the only way you recognize them is by the copper eye itself. Ooh. Otherwise, they might look different consistently. For Ooh. me, I kind of imagine like it's like a sleep paralysis demon. It's this oh. yeah. shadowy figure 
that has these two bright pennies as eyes and like knowing that I'm right with the copper eye is like waking up in the middle of the night, not being able to move and seeing this shadowed shadowy figure with the bright copper eyes in the corner and being like, I feel at peace. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, that's so spooky. Okay. I think in keeping with the um, scrooginess of all of this, my the way I see the copper eye is like a rotund, prosperous looking old man who has coins for eyes and sits before a table with like a feast spread over it. And he's very jolly. Sick. Mm. I think the way I see the copper eye is like a young girl, maybe even like 15, wearing clothing similar to what Jonah wears now. And it's like, like it's, it's, oh, it's kind of Coraline where it's just like the soft smile, uh, the copper eyes, and then just very neutral. There's no wind, no nothing, no movement. God, I love that. It, it embodies, of course, it speaks to people. Of course, you can get converts because it literally, it need, it turns into the thing that you need to see. Yeah. So I'm hearing that the the deity in quotes is the copper eye. That's what we're referring to. Yeah. As, which yeah. completely makes sense. So we're supposed to choose two features, but I'm feeling like the features are uh, sort of a mirror of mm. yourself or a reverse mirror. <laughs> There's a word for that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reverse mirror. You know, I think everybody understands a yeah. reverse mirror. <laughs> you know, like a mirror, but not, it doesn't, you know. Um, so I'm going to say the features are whatever you need it to be in that moment. Ooh, that <laughs> Ooh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, beautiful. Let's go and choose our special ability from crew creation. So um, each crew comes with a choice similar to character sheets about something extra that your crew can do. Sometimes it has to do with like heist in general. There's a lot of like ones that are more campaign oriented. So we'll know to stay away from those if it has to do with like your layer upgrades, et cetera. That won't really come into play. Um, a lot of them have just like bonuses to some skills that you have, which might be appealing too. But let's find the one that appeals to us most. You mentioned that this is Eldritch eldritch right there are elements of this adventure that are eldritch yes okay anointed might serve us well yeah exit anointed is getting a bonus to your resistance rolls against supernatural threats also to healing rolls when you have supernatural harm it is kind of a gamble i'm also down for chosen i mean i personally grandpa feels chosen by the copper eye certainly <laughs> Chosen ups your stats to attune, study, and sway. Yeah. Does everyone have something in that in that category? Um, um, let me double check. I have nothing in any of those. Oh, let's not do chosen. <laughs> Who needs it? <laughs> I have I have hunt, survey. Oh yeah, I've got cons consort here. Yeah, I've got survey. Um, if you have survey, I could move my survey into study just to keep us spread out. Do it, and then yeah, it's like, in, honestly, if chosen gives. At least two of us more of something. I especially since we're doing a one shot, like we're doing a one off. I say lean into it. Plus, thematically, chosen just sounds good. You're yeah. not wrong. We're we're here to have a good time, not a smart time. <laughs> <laughs> also, like it's not bad to take plus one in something that you don't have. I mean, that's what's, true. What's the that's detriment true. there? It might be. It might be better since I don't have anything in there. It actually might be better off. Yeah, it's more encompassing. Absolutely. You're very supportive. I like it. So uh, <laughs> I'm down with chosen. Okay, what are we getting our bonuses in then? Everyone may add plus one action rating to attune, 
study or sway. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, Grandpa's really benefiting from this. <laughs> He's lived a long time. He deserves that. He's Thank it. you. Thank you. Okie dokie. Um, so our special ability is chosen. Everyone has a little bit extra skills when attuning, studying, or swaying. The next step is to assign crew upgrades. A lot of this has to do with your lair. So I don't think we need to think too hard about this. Like, for example, some of them are um, hidden layer. Your layer has a secret location. Again, this would be like really um, handy for a campaign or like just a little bit longer of a one shot. But we're going to be spending not that much time in the layer, I think. So I think we're probably fine to even just skip it. We're doing a bottle episode, folks. We're just going to hang out in the layer. (laughs) Just in the layer. (laughs) This is going to be your least favorite one shot of Blades ever. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's the accounting episode. It's got to (laughs) happen. Yeah. We're doing our year end taxes. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, we've described a hidden, sort of a hidden compartment of this place anyway so i feel like we've built it in we're good Mm -hmm. yeah so the only thing that comes with this is that the idea with these upgrades is that factions helped uh upgrade and Mm -hmm. a faction was harmed in the upgrade so i am Mm -hmm. curious to see which factions you guys are interested in being allied with and opposed to and i do have some suggestions if you want a jumping off point uh, just as far as like what will be involved in the adventure, but we can make anything work if anybody has any. Oh, that ideas. sounds lovely, Jay. I am. I yeah. am. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So any of the following factions will have a small part in what's going on. So we've got city council, uh, the Oof. Leviathan hunters, of course, the church of ecstasy, mm. the circle of flame. And by the way, the Church of Ecstasy and the Circle of Flame are both essentially cults. The church is a secret organization, even though it sounds quite official, but it is. Mm. People don't advertise that they're members necessarily. Um, And the final one is the Hive. So just to reiterate Mm. those, City Council, Leviathan Hunters, Church of Ecstasy, Circle of Flame, and the Hive. I think they're all pretty straightforward. The only one I might have to explain is the Hive, which is basically a merchant's guild, but they are... um, specifically uh merchandising ca- like uh contraband kind of stuff oh huh. uh, right off the bat i really want to mess with city council <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know you know yeah you know? look they're probably well off and i can't imagine we like them no all of those seats are bought and paid for friend you think those seats are elected? That's a sh- that's a sham. And they haven't what? put in the speed bump either. Exactly. We've requested. Oh, oh fix monsters. the potholes. The amount of psoriasis that Grandpa's gotten from those potholes. The psoriasis <laughs> from the. Well, I will say, Grandpa, you shouldn't be touching the pothole. Like <laughs> that's rolling around in them. That, that might be on you. <laughs> okay. Well, question then: If we if we hate the city council, which is totally correct. Um, do we want to hate them from the inside and have them be allies, or do we want to hate them outwardly and have them be opposed to us? Mm. Enemies. We have to be enemies to them. Yeah, because yeah. because if we're allies, Grandpa would definitely be on the city council, and I'm not ready to deal with that. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. I don't want to be on city council. I would fall asleep. That's why they would elect you. <laughs> yeah, they they every year they try to elect me, and I say no. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Grandpa. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, that takes care of that who do we want to be allied with the remaining are the leviathan hunters church of ecstasy circle of flame and the hive hmm. can you tell me more about the hive the hive is a merchant's guild um dealing pretty specifically in contraband they're known for being like underworld sellers of sh- stuff that you can't 
find. <laughs> if we are creating circumstances where people drain a lot of assets or like, you know, we're, we're sort of setting people up for a fall, right? Like whatever jobs yeah. or operations we're doing, we're just giving them just enough of a nudge to completely topple their empire. Um, so yeah. I kind of feel like that must put us in certain situations where we have to move some very hot goods yeah and not even it's like not even we need to make our money back on these goods we need to not be in possession of them uh so it kind of feels like that could be a good ally for us but complicated i think so yeah i like that too because i feel like we might even feel a bit conflicted about keeping stuff of that much value, like it would compromise our relationship with the copper coin. So we would have to kind of in a hurry, once we pay for our operations and upkeep, get the stuff out of our possession, lest we lose favor. God, yeah. Oh, boy. Now I kind of think this this sleep paralysis demon thing, if we're hanging on to too much wealth or whatever, it's right in front of my face. But like <gasps> the thing that makes me feel comfortable is it's at a comfortable distance that's how i know yes. i'm right with the copper eye <laughs> not carrying too much wealth means that it's at a comfortable distance yeah <laughs> yeah and for me if we're carrying too much wealth when i see the jolly copper eyed it's like the table becomes more and more bare of food until it's just a tin of beans oh <laughs> this is horrifying oh. i think that i think that little girl i see just becomes perpetually sadder oh. sadder sadder and sicker yeah oh. the more money that i have on me Oh my god. Haunting. This is horrifying, guys. I'm loving it. <laughs> it is very frightening. Okay, so I'm hearing the hive as being allied with, but like yeah. like te tenuous. Is that the well, right I think word? we like, feel yeah. tenuous about it. They feel like we're just clients. They they don't yes. know yeah. why we take the wild deals that we take. <laughs> they think we're a little weird, maybe. Yeah. What's in it for them? Well, the, the like stuff? we're moving hot goods. So we're like, yeah. hey, here's this extremely valuable thing. Uh, and they're like, okay, how much do you want for it? And we're like, I literally don't care. Yep. <laughs> Just take it. They're like, <laughs> okay. That's so interesting. <laughs> like this is how much rent is and this is how much we need to eat. So that's how much we need to charge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My friends, we have reached the final uh, crew creation step. We're basically going to choose... Uh, favored contact from the contact list and this is just a friend who will likely deliver the details of the score to you <laughs> so of the cult's choices we have gagan an academic adakin an occultist hutchins an antiquarian moria a spirit trafficker matthias klein the only person who has first and last name on this list a noble and bennett an astronomer Mm. Ooh, the noble could be very useful to us but that yeah. might be very complicated also because they are the enemy yeah antiquarian could be useful because like they're dealing in you know occult goods and whatnot and you know maybe that's something that we we trade in too it's like uh we we don't have our wealth but like we mm. do, do what little money that we take in it's like well if we spend it on something for a ceremony or something for our works like that's kind of okay that's okay yeah i like it makes sense to me yeah hutchins it is hutchins the antiquarian okay i lied there's one more piece the last piece i swear How dare you? let's choose a favored operation type is it acquisition Procure an arcane artifact and attune it to your god. Augury, do what you must to attract the god's attention and counsel. Consecration, anoint a place for your deity. 
or sacrifice, destroy what is valuable or good in honor of your God. Mm. Oh gosh, hard choice <laughs> for us. We got we got sacrifice, folks. We gotta yeah yeah. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. All right, thanks everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we've made we've made our crew. We have our scoundrels. I think we're I think we're ready to dive in. Yeah, we do. Let's do it. This episode of One Shot uses music from the following artists. Goosebumps by Cody Martin. The Diary by CJO. Harboring by Salon Dijon. And Our Web of Lies by Moments. This episode of One Shot was edited by Jay Stroutman and Tracy Barnett. This episode of One Shot was sound designed by Tracy Barnett. You can find more of their work online anywhere at The Other Tracy. Thank you so much for listening to my very first episode of One Shot. I'm so freaking excited to be here and performing for you, and I hope you're enjoying the strange little tale we have started to weave. Part two is coming in hot next week, so I will see you back here then for more scoundrel antics. But before you go, can we talk about the state of the world right now? I personally am based in Canada, but even I have seen the news that a few more U.S. government representatives have started calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. That means that pressure is working. Change can be slow, but that doesn't mean we should ever stop pushing for it to happen faster and better. This week, please call, email, text, and fax your representatives. Donate to charities aiding those affected by colonialism if you have the means. I've even linked one in the show notes for you. That's all from me for now. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at gamemaster at oneshotpodcast.com. One Shot is a production of the One Shot Podcast Network in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at p-a-r-a-c-o-s-m-press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.